Hello, and welcome to the 21st episode of Breaching Extinction. Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day free trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com slash breachingextinction and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. Download a title free and start listening. It's easy. Go to audibletrial.com slash breachingextinction. All right, welcome to another episode of Breaching Extinction. Uh, I hear, I have, excuse me, I can't talk. I have here Cass from Promise the Pod. Very excited to have you on today. Uh, we're going to get right into it. Tell us a little yes. bit about yourself. Yep. Uh, how you got into, involved in all this. So I, my name is Cass Gioze. I work for Bonneville Environmental Foundation and I started working there about three and a half years ago the, in the watersheds department. I'm a watersheds program director, and immediately it was an expansion of the geography that I had been working in before, which was mostly Oregon. So at BEF, we have a regional, actually a national scope, but my program was more Pacific Northwest focused, and I started asking our ED, um, or CEO rather, can we do something in support of the Southern resident, Orca? And he said, well, if you can come with me with a good idea, yes. So it took a while (laughs) and a lot of different pitches. And as I learned more about our Business for Water Stewardship program, which works with businesses to help them balance their water footprint, and we could talk a little bit about that if that sounds interesting (laughs) or not. And we had been, I had been working for, since I started with a number of organizations that funded tree planting work. Okay. So as I really dug in and got to know our programming better, all of a sudden I had been speaking also with a couple of folks, uh, Rob Crable from Defenders of Wildlife, (laughs) who uh, is on the Orca Recovery Task Force, and Alan Warren with Pierce County Conservation District, who headed up Orca um, Recovery Day. And we were, I was sharing with them, here's what we can offer. Do you think this would be of value? And they both said yes, um, plugged us into a little bit of a larger audience. We kind of did some brainstorming and came up with Promise the Pod. So the, the initial mission and vision was busted open the issue to regional, because it is regional. The mm-hmm. southern residents rely on salmon from British Columbia to Monterey. Mm-hmm. That might help us engage businesses that either are in states beyond Washington or also have a regional focus and see if we can plant a million trees supporting grassroots organizations that are already engaged in habitat work, um, united under this common theme of salmon community southern residents. And then secondly, see if we can help fill some of the gap of the 25 plus million dollar funding hole for the priority Puget Sound acquisition and restoration projects. We have not done that. (laughs) Yeah, that's quite a bit. (laughs) But we have had small successes, so we're on track to support the planting of one and a half million trees by the end of 2020. Wow. We are currently already funded over 35 organizations. We're about to send out another batch of checks that will expand that to about 70 organizations from British Columbia to Northern California. Some of the checks are as small as $600 and some are as big as 
$40,000. So it's meaningful. And for all kinds of organizations, we do strive to really look to regionally diverse, grassroots, locally locally kind of um, directed groups. Because we kind of believe that to save an ecosystem, you have to also have human diversity and people who are committed to place, connecting people and reminding us all that whether you're in uh, Eastern Washington, you know, Northern California, you can have an impact. And then um, we were fortunate enough early on to have one of our charter sponsors be Alaska Airlines. Wow. So they have committed $80,000 to one of the Priority PSAR projects. It's the um, Skokomish um large project with the Army Corps of Engineers, the Skokomish Tribe, and the Skokomish, um, uh, or the Mason County Soil and Water Conservation District. And it's meaningful money because it doesn't take a lot of work for partners to write huge grant proposals. And it can be lean and and, uh, nimble for groups to just get them through a next cycle of planning or outreach or whatever it might be. And we're continuing to do outreach with businesses, hoping that we can direct more money to more of those projects. So we're hopeful and crossing our fingers that more money will be coming from businesses beyond the state of Washington who see that this is a story that really matters. Yeah. That was a lot of talking. Wow. Yeah, that's a lot of information. So, okay. Very cool. Yeah, I mean, you're obviously passionate about it. I mean, I get on my soapbox about stuff all the time so i totally feel you uh let's see um you let's can, go back to you can cut a lot let's go that. let's go back to i liked i liked that phrase watershed footprint yeah we can talk about that a little bit what what would oh, you yeah. what would you describe that as okay so more and more businesses are interested in having public and internal facing sustainability reports and there are many ways businesses measure their impacts One that's really familiar to a lot of us is carbon. But water is increasingly on a lot of um, regional and industrial and business-centered radars. And folks are saying, hey, maybe we use a lot of water in some production process, or maybe we have a customer service that uses a lot of water if it's like a fabric production, for example, cotton or a commodity even. But also, um, like manufacturing industries, things that you and I might think of kind of organically, like, okay, what's a way a business could make a positive investment in water? Maybe by buying a water right in a water-stressed area where salmon need water, we can retire water right so that the fish have that water instead of it going into a different use on land. Another example is irrigation uh, modernization. So paying farmers and supporting them with incentives to improve irrigation systems so that less water is used, you can measure that. You can measure that in gallons, and a business that has an impact can balance that with that investment. And then more and more, though, we we are thinking, as are many, about how can this really awesome source of money benefit salmon, and orca and other systems that we care about in the Pacific Northwest. So one of the major actions that some of these Puget Sound projects do are things like reconnect channels 
side channels for fish to access yeah. for, yeah. Um, and so you can get an engineer to assist you in understanding what time of year will that habitat come online if we can pay for this action, removing a, a berm or a blockage. Can we generate that into an estimate of volume, assess the cost, and have a business plug in there so they can meet their sustainability commitment of some gallons. Sometimes it's just a commitment that they might make for number of customers they're serving, for, or maybe not their impact they're offsetting, but they're some sort of meaningful measure um, for them. Is this making sense? That makes, that makes a little sense, okay. yeah. Um, so it's a way of matching priority needs that partners, agencies, tribes on the ground identify need to happen. Typically, the resources coming to fund those are coming from federal or state monies. Oh, okay. But it's a new revenue stream that seems like there's more and more business interest in plugging in, and there's certainly a lot of need. Yes. Yeah. I would agree with that, for sure. That's, that's really cool that businesses are getting on board with that, too. It is. Wow. Um, cool. Let's see. Let me... So... I did a little research into your website, um, and it seems like your main focus is the planting of trees. Um, why? What? It, I mean, watersheds are important, and and obviously that feeds in back into to the to the Salish Sea here. What what inspired you to put that focus specifically mm-hmm. on the trees? Mm-hmm. I mean, partly it was because we have an incredible relationship with. Uh, one organization named One Tree Planted. They're a Vermont-based nonprofit. They solely work with businesses and individuals, but mostly businesses, to raise money to plant trees around the world. We'd been working with them in Oregon for three years, and I basically approached them and said, hey, what would you think if we had a bigger thematic idea? Of course, planting trees is an, is an idea and a theme that people understand. Yes. But what if we linked it to this regional story around salmon and southern residents? And it's a, a story that resonates around the world. Yeah. Whether or not you have ever even know of the southern residents, you know, we know that orcas, different populations of orcas live throughout, around the world. And uh, people connect and understand. And it, it helps draw these lines, which is what we're really seeking um, so more than trees, okay, I would say fundamentally, this is kind of about helping businesses plug into this work. And people love trees. Yes. <laughs> yes. And so we want to build on that. And we also want to recognize that for real, well, this is one little piece of, our, of the, the big story. There's lots of things that need to happen. But this one piece we believe in a lot is about the power of connection. Yeah. And there is something very visceral about planting a tree. You can get out there one day of a year and have a have an impact on a child yeah. for their career generation. Yeah. You know, you can walk, drive by that tree for the rest of your life and mm-hmm. feel like I did something. And I mean honestly, when I go to volunteer events and interact with people, it's so inspiring how pumped people get from being physically involved in doing something for earth. Mm -hmm. So it helps build that connection. And we really believe fundamentally that change has to start with people 
touching the earth and connecting. Absolutely. um, But there is a bit of this opportunism of organizations need money. Mm -hmm. Trees, people want to fund it. Yeah. It can help us all come together. It can tell a bigger story that's uh, regional and not just Puget Sound based. Yeah. And so there's some level of just like, hey, these, there's these two dots. Let's connect them. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and yeah, definitely going back to that whole connection. But I did, I did some snooping on your Instagram as well. And I, I saw there was a picture that described this story, that the caption described the story of, I think you all were out, it was Lummy Island or something, yeah. Skagit. And the Lummy fishermen came in and saw that you were planting trees yeah. and came over and helped you. Like just just because they saw you were planting trees, yeah. which is amazing. Yeah. I love that story. I know, and that you know was partner groups there out there doing the work day in and day out, connecting with communities. We are trying to bring them resources. So we use we a lot, but don't want to be taking away from the credit of this network of grassroots agencies, tribes that are out there every day making this stuff happen. Very cool. I know. That's so cool. Um, let's see. And I guess it sounds like the response to your organization has been overwhelmingly positive. Yeah. Which is amazing. Um, have you, has, has any response kind of taken you by surprise at all? Or is, how, how, how have you really felt about the response to this organization? Well, we're just starting really. Yeah. So we haven't even had this initiative running for a year. And, um, I think I'm not really a social media person, Mm -hmm. but I do love that part of this, of like reading our partner stories, seeing these micro connections, seeing these really sweet odes to streams and orca and salmon Mm -hmm. and people. Um, what I don't, yeah, I don't know that I, I think early on we knew One Tree Planted was like our core, diehard, incredible, committed partner. Yeah. But it was also some magical coincidence that our chief development officer was speaking with a sustainability lead at Alaska who said, we'd really love to do something with Orca. <laughs> and she was like, what? <laughs> we have something. Wow. <laughs> And so um, they are incredible. Um, We have been doing a partner on a program called Fill Before You Fly. So they're committed to balancing their water footprint. They're the first airline to do that this year through Promise the Pod. Very cool. And they also, part of their water work, they've installed a number of water filling stations at key terminals, especially on the Pacific routes. And... And started a campaign in September with Mir, uh, a Seattle-based bottling company, and um, or bottle company. They make great like thermos flasks and oh wow um, yeah ooh <laughs> and Sea um, <laughs> Legacy, where you bring your own bottle, you fill it up, you tweet it or Instagram it, a picture, and we plant a tree through Promise the Pod. Nice. And so it's like, yeah, you know, these are small steps, mm-hmm. but it brings in folks that are not usually on our Instagram feed. Right. And the excitement from people in like, you know, terminals throughout the country of tweeting their sweet 
containers filled before you fly nice. and getting happy when we'll tweet back like, yeah, we're going to plant a tree for you or one of our partners wow. is going to plant a tree for you in your honor. <laughs> and it's, that's the kind of thing that is delightful. Absolutely. <laughs> what an enthusiastic response. I love that. Yeah. Oh, that's so heartwarming. Um, okay. Let's see. So on your website, you also mentioned engaging the next generation of orca caretakers. Uh, how do you envision that happening? So that, um, again, with the awesome support from One Tree Planted, we sponsored um, over 30, I believe 30, Orca Recovery Day events in October. And for Earth Day, um, they're sponsoring at least 40. And again, these are happening from British Columbia to possibly even Southern California. We have one group interested in San Diego. Um, And... Those tend to be pretty youth-focused or family-focused, so families bringing their little ones to these projects to plant trees. Depending on the time of the year, they might be doing different stewardship activities. Mm -hmm. In some cases, it's even art or just celebrating connection between people and place. So that's where we're at with that component now. Um, But who knows? We'd love for that component to grow further. But currently, it's about supporting groups in doing those engagements. Very cool. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Um, let's see. So you've said you've got quite a few projects going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you tell us a bit more about them aside from maybe just the planting the trees itself? Or do you have anything else in the works? Um, so really we're kind of working hard to engage businesses in supporting these priority projects. Okay. So we're currently um, looking at another project on the Puget Sound acquisition and restoration list and trying to understand the actions in that project and how businesses could invest in different ways and what are the needs in the coming year. Um, We're also trying to identify one priority project in British Columbia Oregon and California, that as and when and if we get business interest, we've got those ready to go for investment. And so ecological restoration takes years to build relationships, plan, permit, fundraise, etc. But they almost always need more resources or things happen where permitting slows down or funding doesn't come through. And that's kind of our hope with the money that we aim to bring in is that it can add a boost, allow a project to uh, do some small next step. Um, So we're pretty close to having a California project identified and we might have some businesses interested in that and it will be um, a project that will benefit Chinook salmon. So trying to just keep the pieces alive so that we are ready um, for businesses to become part of this movement. Very cool. Yeah. Um, How can people help? If people are interested in helping you out with your endeavors, what can they do? Um, Look us up. 
Um, follow us on Instagram, or we don't do a whole lot of tweeting, but we do a little Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Erica and I are always talking about, we are always on Facebook, we're always on Instagram. We created a Twitter oh. when we started this, and we're like, we're never on Twitter. <laughs> we did just start Facebook, um, so you'll be able to see where our events are for Earth Day. Um, join an event. Um, every... Our partner, One Tree Planted, is constantly doing incredible fundraising. They will plant a tree with Promise the Pod for a dollar a tree. So give a gift, make a small donation. If you have friends who work for businesses and you think this could be of interest to them, look us up and ping us because we'll follow up and try to engage them and see what kind of sustainability goals they have and how we could work together to direct their funding towards this really important work. Um, but there's so many ways and I'd say, listen to your podcast too. Oh, thank you. And, <laughs> and hear from all the other folks that are doing, have different angles on what, what needs to happen and kind of find what resonates with you or with whomever to get engaged. Cause there's lots of avenues. This is just one. Yes. And we're, we're taking a small kind of slice of opportunity and hopefully benefit for partners but um, yeah, I, I don't hate to just say give money, but yeah, that's always good. <laughs> that's always a good idea. Yes. So that's a good segue actually yeah. to my next question. Um, yeah. What other steps do you think need to be taken to save these whales? <sighs> what are a couple big ones for you? Um, you know, I think a lot about just growth and development mm-hmm. and how... Um, we're continuing to grow as a region. Yes. And um, these things get so complicated and burdened by policy and money. And um, it can seem, you know, again, that's why I say, like, find the thing you're interested in, go for that, because we need those people to be pushing um, cities to have more uh, effective development measures, looking at um, bank stabilization and what that means and what people are allowed to do and encouraged to do, um, uh, pavement driving, how we build and live so close to these sensitive waterways, supporting more. I think about this a lot. We view a lot of the work of ecosystem stewardship and restoration kind of like an add-on and not like essential infrastructure. Mm, yes. And the people who do that work day in and day out, not always, but often are overworked and underpaid. Yes. And underrecognized for their professionalism and for the incredible expertise and service and essential services that they're providing. Yes. And I, I think, honestly, if we could start there... And get huge, huge budgets for folks to do this work corollary or at least starting to catch up to need. Yeah. And, you know, enhancing the capacity of these groups to do the work that they're doing and to engage people in ways that need to happen so that we can build a better kind of collective vision of where we're heading as a society as we build and grow and change land and waterways. Yeah. There's so much 
we can do. Absolutely. Yeah. Erica and I talk about systemic change all the time and like, it's a lot about attitude. Yeah. Like from the core. And that's kind of one of the developing themes of our podcast is we as a society have to really change our attitudes. And you're absolutely right. I mean, you know, something is as so core as, you know, ecological restoration does get shoved off to the side. Yeah. You know, and as we grow, don't let things happen that haven't already happened. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That's so doable. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah. There's just a, this rising consciousness of caring and connecting to land and water. And we all like blossom yeah. as that kind of starts getting visible in mm-hmm. our, in our systems and we need to cultivate that. Yeah. Awareness brings peace, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> I mean, sometimes it's a bit rough first, but ultimately, yes. well, it's just maybe, maybe gratification or like of soul. connection well, yeah. brings peace. Yeah. Awareness can bring anger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. At first at least. Or, you know, yeah, a lot. Yeah. Maybe, maybe always, sometimes. Sometimes. Change brings anger, too, a little bit. Yeah. But yeah. usually it's for the good. Usually. For the benefit of all. Hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> um, Very cool. Um, let's see. What, what have been some challenges that you've faced in the execution of a lot of these projects? Well, again, you know, my, our role, my role in my specific part of this, I'm not executing. I'm just trying to get people money. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. And so, um, um, you know, I, you should bring in someone else to talk about those challenges of execution with the project work, because that would be an awesome and fascinating conversation. But just as far as the money goes, (laughs) what are, what are some challenges in bringing, bringing in that money? Um, you know, I really, I, I feel like so lucky to have gotten support to launch this initiative yeah. and that we've gotten some incredible sp- charter sponsors, One Tree Planted in Alaska. And um, I'm learning a lot and we've got dedicated people. And um, when you're offering resources to support people, it tends to be pretty darn positive. <laughs> But, um, you know, you always hope some movie star is going to call up and be like, I love it. (laughs) We want to give a bazillion dollars. But having that not happen is not bad. It's just life. (laughs) Yes, it is. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I feel I, I, I don't it's all challenging and it can be really depressing and it can be real heartbreaking, yeah. just the, the system and what is happening um, when just two weeks ago, the likely yes. announcement of another really important male yeah. missing and likely dead. All 41 mega, yeah. It's, it is totally heartbreaking. Yeah. But that's really important. It's, not, it, it's, it's essential. And it's mm-hmm. the more of us who have that be a, a part of our work better yeah and um 
Yeah. I mean, there's so many challenges, but it's more the bigger picture and the, honestly, it's all the small too. And, you know, yeah, I think of my own impacts and, and, and struggle with that, of course. Um, but I feel grateful to get to play one small piece of something that feels good. (laughs) Yes. It's gratifying. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Um, let's see. And that was going to be my next question. What, what, what has been the most gratifying about your work in this? And, um, hearing about the work partners are doing. Yeah. It is incredible. It makes me cry. Really? <laughs> and just get, just getting to, you know, hear about some awesome engagement with Girl Scouts or what have you doing you know, letter writing or creative, you know, expression to Orca or planting trees and just thinking, yeah, this is awesome. And, you know, yeah, just those little ways where people are like, what? You're calling me to give money to me? <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's awesome. And, it, and it's, I love that it is lean and mean. You know, it's not a big process. It's not cumbersome. We don't ask for a lot from yeah. partners. So that's the, it's, it's super fun. And our team is so committed and, um, inspiring too. And it, it feels like, um, an honor to be kind of in the company of these amazing people. Yeah. That's awesome. That's really cool. Um, let's see. So Eric and I always ask this question at the end of every interview we do. Uh, what do you think the whales have to teach us? Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> um, let's, what's something different to say? I mean, I, I, I definitely think about, um, um, the classic kind of resilience and family and love and, but, um, I, I think they're incredible communicators. For sure. And they have to remind us that Instagram and Twitter and crazy news isn't the only way we can see things that are happening in the world. Yeah. Like, they are constantly actively communicating profound messages to us and to our society and culture. Mm-hmm. And you just have to stop for half a second and listen. And so it's kind of like, and sometimes it gets thrown in your face. Um, For example, with the loss of of a whale, you know, it's, but just um, the subtler, I guess, ways of wildlife. When you tune in to these incredible, magnificent creatures it's like a reminder to slow down and, and appreciate and be grateful and realize that we're small. We're having an outside sized impact. Yeah. It's not acceptable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Agreed. it's not necessary. No. Very cool. Um, Do you have anything you'd like to add? Anything you'd like to say to our listeners? I know. Just so grateful for you and your work and, Thank you. um, commitment and, uh, yeah, 
Thank you. Thank you, Cass. All right. Thank you guys for listening. This has been an episode, another episode of Reaching Extinction.